we're all concerned about active shooter events, but what we worry about is school shootings. And as responders, we're all adults trying to figure out how do we handle those the best way possible. I thought it might be an interesting take to hear from a high school student themselves how they feel and how much they worry about active shooter events. Coming up today, joined by high school student, Ryan, 16 years old, sophomore, stick around, coming up. Welcome to the Active Shooter Incident Management Podcast. My name is Bill Godfrey, your podcast host. Today, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Ryan. He's a 16-year-old sophomore at a school near nearby. Uh, Ryan actually came in to interview me today about a project he's working on in relation to gun violence. And I thought it might be really interesting to hear his take on how high school students think about this stuff. And so, Ryan, first of all, thank you for coming in and and uh, agreeing to do this. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, sure. The, so uh, hopefully this will be fun and we pick up a few tidbits. But how much do you as a high school student, you and your friends, how much do you guys think about the current environment and worrying about active shooter events at a high school and gun violence and things like that? What? So obviously we're kids. We don't think much about it. We're never like, it's, it's not going to happen to us. Like, yeah, it's 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 a terrible thing. We're like, it's never going to happen to us. We have lockdown drills. We have all these things. We all think, great, another lockdown drill. At least we're missing five minutes of class. <laughs> but thing is, we never take it seriously. And what happens if it does happen to us? Like, no one thinks about it because you don't want it to happen to us. But it, of course, can happen to you. Just no one, no one wants it to. No one thinks about it. At our school, at least. So tell me what your lockdown drills are like. So our lockdown drills is the announcements go on. Oh, this is lockdown drill. Teacher turns off the lights. We have little flaps that go over the door window, and we just stay silent. That's that's all we do. We go into a little corner. But honestly, like, how much will that really help us? Obviously, so if a shooter comes into a school, he's not going to look at all these doors and man man, no one's here. I have a whole school. No one's here. Obviously, they're going to know we're in the safest corner. We're somewhere. Like, does it really help us? It's a really interesting question. So do the, um, when they do the lockdown drills um, and the teachers put the flap over the window on the door, do they also lock the doors? Are the doors locked? Yeah, of course. Of course, the doors are supposed to be locked out throughout the day, no matter what. Another thing that's just supposed to help us. As I say, are they? Most of them are not. Most of them don't lock the doors because they don't want to have a kid getting a disruption in class to go open the door every two minutes for the kid that wants to skip class in the bathroom. And so they just leave the door open and unlocked. So anybody could walk in. And when, for those teachers that you know, have their doors typically unlocked when you guys do have these lockdown drills, do they make an effort to lock them? Yeah, of course, because their entire thing is they have to t turn off the lights. They have to close the flap. They have to lock the door. It's, it's their priority over us. So, yeah. So um, have you ever noticed, does the teacher have to go outside to use the key to lock the door, or can they lock it from the inside? They they, they lock it in the inside because, okay. of course, I don't think the school wants to 
in jeopardize the teachers of getting hurt or anything. Yeah. So do you um, do you ever talk to your friends about this when events have occurred? Does it, you know, you, you hear about it in the news, you go back to school the next day. Does it ever come up in conversation or? Sometimes with like certain teachers, like they'll say, oh, did you guys see what happened on the news? And then the entire class is test- instead, of, instead of doing a math paper, you're talking about the, the next school that just got shut up. And like we never really talk about, well, are are we ready for that? Are our procedures enough for that? We never talk about that. We just say, yeah, it's scary. And one kid will obviously, of course, say, are we doing enough? And teachers, I don't, I don't know what they think when they say that. Interesting. So in your lockdown drills, you guys uh, obviously lock the doors, cover the windows, you go to a corner. Do they ever practice evacuation or talk to you about what to do? Do you guys ever talk about what you would do if, if somebody came into the room? They say if if someone were to come into the room, you grab the heaviest thing and you throw it at them. That's all they say. So if that's like a book, your computer, just your entire bag. Someone can lift it, their desk. That's They say just, if you see someone walk in, you don't know, and they see they look dangerous start throwing stuff at them <laughs> how does that make you feel i feel like really you want us to throw a, a book at them is a book really gonna do something because a person could just get back up and then what are you doing when you have no books you're you're done so you feel like you might need a little more flushing so. out of the plan it's gotta be something at least i mean some some of the rooms at our campus have a back door that leads to just the, the courtyard, but the courtyard's the least, the most unsafe place on the campus. Why it's, do you say that? It's just way too open. So if if someone were to come to your school, I'd rather stay in that that room than run out in the courtyard and risk being seen from mile or like a hundred feet away across campus and then. Now, now you got a guy chasing after you, and you may not even know it. Interesting. Um, have you ever been in the hallway when they've done in a lockdown drill or seen what happened? Let me rephrase that. What happens when students are in the hallway? Um, and do they do a lockdown drill in the middle of changing classes or things like that? Now, personally, during the drills, We've never said anything like, well, what if we're in the hallway? I think I've heard one say, oh, go in the bathroom. That's your safest. But again, if you're in the bathroom, where are you going to go out to? Just back into the hallway? There was a time last year, so it would be my freshman year, where everyone was changing classes. No one, no one knew what was going on. And the teachers are screaming get back to class, get back to class. We're in a lockdown drill. And no one knew we were in a lockdown drill because they didn't announce it. So, like, we all get to class and we're like, what is, what's going on? And then we later find out, because that we later find out there was someone on campus that wasn't supposed to be on campus. And so we were in lockdown for at least 25 minutes having no clue what's going on. So that's the only time I remember going from class to class telling us, 
they just were screaming, we're on lockdown, we're on lockdown. So everyone was running back to class. So if you're, do they have any kind of like bell or alarm that gets sounded when there's a lockdown or is it just an announcement on the PA? If it's a drill, they always say, this is a drill, nothing's bad, but never have they said like, yeah, this is happening. Because there, there was one time where at my school, in my class, so we, this was probably like the most chill teacher you could ever think of. <laughs> Didn't care what you did. One day we all walk into class. He's like, hey, principal's doing an inspection. So if you hear the door open, put your phone away. We're all chilling on our phones. We hear the door start to open. Everyone's shoving their phone in their pocket, closing like the games on their computer. It wasn't the principal. It was a police officer. Walks in, looks around, sees a kid, go towards him, grabs him, and just takes him out of the class. We're all sitting here like, what on earth just happened? And kids next to him, we're like, he, he had a gun in his bag. And we're all like, what? They're like, he, he had a gun in his bag. And I was like, oh my God. A kid that was probably... 13 feet away from me had a gun in his bag that was that was I was terrified when I found out about that I was like one wrong thing that we did it wouldn't have been what he was planning to use it it could have been us now the news came out and it said he only had three or four bullets in it he said he planned to use it after school totally off of campus but still that is terrifying as a 15-year-old kid who has no idea what's going on. Yeah, that's that's a tough experience. Um, did you talk to your parents about it? Yeah, I, I watched the news broadcast with them. They were like, you were in his class? I was like, yeah, me and my best friend sitting right next to each other. We were playing games on our computers. We hear the door open. I'm like, yo, yo, close out real quick. Get back to work. And we look, because I, I sat right next to the door, so I would hear it perfectly. I'm like, he's here, he's here. And we're like, oh, that's not our principal. That's a police officer. Okay, what is he doing here? Totally goes to the kid, grabs him, escorts him out. We're like, what, what just happened? Our teacher, was he was sitting on his phone too, not paying attention. He hears the door. He gets up, like, ready. And he was he was silent after it happened. He was what, what is going on? He thought it was an inspection from our principal. And after they left, they're just, what what is going on? And I get, I look at my phone again, and I see messages from my friends who are at the other campus. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're on lockdown. I'm like, why are you guys on lockdown? The kid with the gun is at our school so obviously that was probably they probably didn't want to say we're on lockdown so that kid wouldn't so that kid wouldn't know oh yeah we know you have the gun so interesting i that's a that's a difficult challenge so so you've been pretty close to this i have yeah and in the days that followed did you have conversations with your friends about it but you know beyond the immediate shock or well obviously the next day 
some kids didn't come to school because, you know, like they were scared or whatever. They didn't feel right. I went to school because I was like, it's just one thing. He's gone. He's expelled. So I went to school. My first period teacher, we didn't do anything in that class. We just talked about what happened. And there was another kid in that class who was in my first period. And we were just talking about it like, yeah, we were in that class. He wasn't, he didn't like hint at it. He didn't, a lot of kids were saying like he was showing it to people in other classes. So that's probably how he would have got caught. But like many classes were just dropped whatever we were doing. And we're talking about this now. Wow. So let me change uh, directions here a little bit. So you've talked about some things that you think don't make sense and are particular gaps in your school. What, what do you wish adults would do about this? What, what do you wish the adults would do differently, whether that's parents, teachers, school leaders, police officers, school resource officers? That That's a hard thing because, like, it's not really what can they do. It's It's what do you not – it's not what do you want them to do, it's what could we do. And in that situation, what can teachers really do? Yeah, they can lock the door, turn off the light, close the flap. But what do you do after that? Do you just sit in the corner silent? Or do you have or do you call nine one one instead of thinking someone else's? So it's just like what is there really to do in a classroom with books as your defense? These are good questions. Let me share a couple of things with you that I would suggest. So just so you know, because I don't want to let the opportunity slide by. So um, turning off the lights and getting in a corner out of sight has proven to be, first of all, the locked door is proven to be a significant deterrent in keeping uh, an attacker from coming into a particular room. It takes time to breach a lock, to breach a door. You know, on TV shows and in the movies, they show somebody shooting the lock and coming right in. It doesn't work like that in real life. Most of the time, if you shoot a lock, you're going to get a ricochet, then it's a 50-50 chance you're going to hit yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just doesn't work like it does in the movies. So a locked door is an impediment. It's a time barrier. And most attackers will then move to a different target, either somebody that's in the hall or another door that's open. So a locked door is the biggest deterrent. There's mixed reality on whether closing the flap or leaving it open and being out of sight of it uh, are good or bad. There's mixed uh, mixed uh, schools on that. Obviously, a lights off and being somewhere where you're out of sight, quiet does call into question, is there anybody in this room? Are they at the lunch room? Are they out on the, uh, you know, on the PE field or whatever? Um, now, sitting tight, what I would say to you, there's, um, you've heard the adage, run, hide, fight. Have you ever heard yes. that before? Mm-hmm. Okay. Have you heard avoid, deny, defend? No. Okay. So the first instinct really should be to run and mm-hmm. get out of the area. It's interesting that schools have defaulted to the second thing, which is to hide. And there's reasons why that is kind of a sound strategy, but there's also gaps in that. And so, you know, what I taught Abby, my um, daughter, who you know, 
what I taught Abby is uh, if you can run, run. And if you're forced into hiding, be prepared to fight at a moment's notice. Now, the books and throwing things at them is one thing. I think you've got a better weapon in every classroom, and that's the fire extinguisher. Somewhere near the door, generally, is going to be a fire extinguisher hanging on the wall. And usually it's a 10-pound fire extinguisher, and it's almost always metal. That's a very good weapon to hit somebody with. But you know what else is good? When you pull the pin and squeeze the handle and spray it in somebody's face, it sprays a powder foam that actually makes it a little bit challenging to breathe. It'll make you cough. It will um, get in your eyes. So if you have a fire extinguisher ready to go and somebody comes in the room and you can shoot that from 8 to 10 feet away as you're moving up towards them to get them covered in the stuff. And then when you get closer to them, you hit them in the head with a 10-pound steel object. So um, I think that would be more effective than a book, uh, which I would suggest to you. Um, the windows in your classroom, because every school has to have windows, are they uh, low enough to the floor that if you guys broke the windows out, you could get out through the windows? Now, the classes I have at my campus, there are no windows. Really? Now, I think the only ones with windows are the ones upstairs where we are not by um, the ground. So obviously that would not be, but instead of that, they have a storage closet which leads to a different classroom. So that is kind of like their escape route. The second way out yeah. is the store through the storage closet. And can you actually get through the storage closet or is there so much crap in the storage no, closet? This one, the one that I have at least, yeah, you can, my teacher is very, he's very organized with it. And just, you could easily just run right through to the other class, or if you needed to, just run to the back of it and then hide there. Yeah. Well, um, the other thing you can do would be to break, if, if you do have a window, is break out the window to escape. Now, the thing that most people, so again, the fire extinguisher, great tool for that. Use the butt of the fire extinguisher against the window and break it. But then before you try to go through, use the fire extinguisher to go around the frame to knock out all the little pieces of glass so that you can try to avoid cutting. If you have time and there's a blanket or a cloth or something like that to lay over the frame so that as you're going through it, people don't get cut. But if you hear a gunman coming and you have a window to exit out of, I wouldn't hesitate to break out that window, rake the frame is what we call it. You can use the fire extinguisher, use a stick, just, you know, you could use a book. You could use the edge of a book to rake out that frame and get the, get the glass and get out of the window. Even if it's a second story window, okay, that isn't going to be fun. But if you're able to get out the window and, and hang and drop, you're actually only dropping about eight to 10 feet. Now, in my case, I'd end up in the hospital if I dropped 10 feet. But your young kids, you're going to typically be able to drop 8 to 10 feet, probably land on your feet and run away. You might have a few people that twist an ankle. You might even have somebody that breaks a bone. That'll heal a whole lot better than a bullet wound would. Yeah. So, you know, those are things that you can do. Um, what? How does that make you feel talking about that? I mean, I've talked about it before with my parents, friends, people at school, teachers. So it doesn't bother me at all. So, Yeah, get away. Now, how much do you know, if anything, about how to help somebody that's been shot? Have they done anything to teach about bleeding control or anything like that? I mean, I'm sure they have because they have what are called HOPE classes. And that's, that's for start, it's mainly known for like PE, but then it also has like 
CPR and health things. So I'm sure those classes would much be much more helpful in that situation. Sure. So with with uh, gunshot wounds, there's kind of limited options on on what you can do to really help somebody. The number one thing is to control the bleeding. Get the bleeding stopped if you can, but if you can't get it stopped, get it slowed down. The best option there is what we call direct pressure. You could take, you know, any cloth, a towel, uh, a rag if it's not filthy, um, a shirt, um, you know, anything, a handkerchief, anything you have, put it right on the wound and hold pressure on it to try to slow down the bleeding. And even though the blood is going to come out and going to fill the garment, that blood may, so like, let's say you put a towel on it and it was bleeding pretty bad into the towel, still hold the towel on and hold pressure on because it may clot. That blood that's in the towel may help clot and at the very least is going to help slow it down. Um, if somebody gets shot in the chest, so they're, they're shot up in where your lungs are and they're having trouble breathing, put a piece of plastic over the hole so that they don't suck air in. That's one of the things that, uh, and I won't bore you with all of the, the mechanics of how that goes wrong, but when you're shot in the chest, if you're breathing and you're sucking air in through the hole, that can um, cause you to die fairly quickly. But a little piece of plastic so that, I mean, even like a, a Walmart shopping bag over the top of the thing will keep, it'll seal against the skin to where the air doesn't come in easily, could save somebody's life. Mm -hmm. uh, rolling people up on their side. They've been shot. Maybe they got shot in the chest or shot in the face um, and they're bleeding and they, they may or may not be conscious. Rolling them up on their side so that any blood that's in their mouth or in their airway drains out so it doesn't block their airway uh, could save somebody's life. So little things like that. And, and maybe those are things that we as adults ought to start talking to schools and school leadership about. Let me ask you this. How would you react as a kid or, you know, emotionally if one day you come into class and the teacher goes, okay, today we're not learning about math. Today we're going to learn how to control bleeding if you get shot. Would, would that would that upset you? Because, it, it, you know, some some kids are very emotional about that stuff. So, honestly, I would think some kids would think it's a relief. We're not we're not learning math. And other kids would be like, <laughs> why do we why do we need to learn this? And then obviously you have I would think like, oh, this is this is great. I need I'm going to need to know this eventually because what if something happens? It's always it's always about what if it's always what if you get shot? What if someone else gets shot? Instead of standing there, go help them instead of thinking someone else will do it. And last year we did have something similar, but with CPR. And it was always just take action and then go to someone and like call 911. And because, and I've been told by this by my dad, he's told me if anything ever happens and you know how to deal with it, you step in and then you point at someone and you say, you call 911. Because if you don't do that, they're going to say, oh, someone else is going to call 911. But he was like, if you tell someone to call 911, everyone knows that person is calling 911. And then even if they don't, just tell another person, call 911. It's very good advice and right on target. And I'll, I'll add on that to say, 
should you ever find yourself in the, in one of these uh, one day and you've got some injured that are with you in the classroom, don't assume that 911 knows that you have injured in your classroom. Somebody call 911 and say, we're in classroom 118. There's 22 of us. We have five kids that are injured. And if you can provide some specific, like two of them have been, two of them are bad. They're critical. Three of them are awake and talking. They're hurt. Uh, but two of them are really bad. Whatever kind of information you can provide to the 911 dispatcher about your location and the situation, whether there's a threat in the room with you or whether there's no threat but you've got injured, all of that can help the responding uh, police, fire, and EMS personnel prioritize where they need to go and where they can get crews to you to rescue. The other thing that's probably really important to tell you you mentioned that sometimes you've been on lockdowns for 20 or 25 minutes. In a real event, you will probably be on a lockdown with little to no information for an hour mm -hmm. or more, especially if you don't have anybody injured in your room. So it, let, let's say the shooting happened someplace else on the other side of campus and you guys are in lockdown, but the violence didn't really come anywhere near you. The, the responders are going to want to take care of all the injured and start what we call clearing the campus, which is where we do a room-by-room -room search to make sure there's no threats. And in some cases, um, the, the school personnel don't get an opportunity to do an announcement on the PA. And, you know, most cops and firefighters and paramedics, they don't know how to go to a school office and find out find the PA controls to put on an announcement. Mm -hmm. And so you're stuck in lockdown for what can be a very long time worrying. And, of course, by that time, your cell phone's lit up with text messages from your friends. You know it's real. Everybody's going to be scared. But here's the reality. 90% of active shooter events are over in 10 minutes or less. 90%. The killing is over in 10 minutes or less. So if you're sitting in lockdown in a real event on 20 minutes, whatever bad has happened is probably done. And if you guys are okay, then let people know that you're okay. And if you're not, get that called into 911. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Is that helpful? Yeah. That was, that was great information. All right. Anything I didn't ask that you, you would want to volunteer or talk directly to police officers, firefighters, EMTs? No, I think I'm all caught up in what I need to know and anything <laughs> happens. Ryan, thank you for doing this. It was a pleasure. I appreciate you coming in. Thank you for having me. Enjoy, enjoy the couple years you have left of high school. If you were like me, you couldn't wait to get paroled out of there and get on to college life. I'm, I'm, I'm just ready for it to be done. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for tuning in. I hope you found this an interesting detour from our normal podcasts. Uh, we'll get it posted as soon as we can. Uh, I want to say thank you to Carla Torres, our producer, for getting this put together so quickly. And until next time, stay safe.